Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today, we are discussing The Leftovers, Season 1, Episode 10, the finale of Season 1, The Prodigal Son Returns. I'm Mr. Sal. I'm here, here with Kurt. Kurt, how are you today? Hi, I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. You've used that one before, but okay. I know. <laughs> I was hoping if I, I was trying to, I was trying to break up your rhythm. That's okay. No problem. Rhythm broken. Consider it broken. Kurt, I, I mean, I'm, of course, exceptionally excited to talk about a season finale of The Leftovers. I love the season finales. They're amazing. I hope. Oh. But. Yes. This is also a season finale, the first season finale that we will cover here on Showhoppers. And I've been made to believe that there's some sort of big surprise that you have in store with every season finale for the first, was it nine or 10? First nine, first nine, not 10. Sadly, it's only the nine. Okay. So Maybe if I can find a way for the 10th, make this extend out, but definitely the first nine. Okay. So this is what I've been made to believe. Uh, So before we start talking about the prodigal son returns, I will ask you, do you want to do reveal the surprise now? Yeah, yeah I, I plan to reveal it now. It's going to be some housekeeping. This is, this is definitely some housekeeping here. So if you, if you want to get into the leftovers, probably skip like five minutes, ten. I don't know. I don't know how long this will take. Wow. It is kind of elaborate. It's elaborate in the sense of because I have to explain it to you before I tell you. Otherwise, okay. you'll be displeased. Okay. There's there's a lot of explanations to go into it. Probably five, My maybe three. Is that I'm going to hate. Exactly. So for, for those of you that, for whatever reason, skipped the last episode, which you shouldn't, and I will explain why in a moment, why you shouldn't just skip to this finale episode. You should watch all the other ones up until now. Maybe skip the first two, but definitely starting in episode three. Um, and also, Mr. Sal, you've known about this for maybe almost a month now, and I did tell, I hyped, I, you should be hyped. Everyone should be hyped, but Mr. Sal, you will hate it, okay? And then after I explain it, you will... You, you'll still hate it, but you'll understand, right? It's like a almost like a necessary evil. Okay. Well, all right. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Okay. So how do I start here? This is gonna sound really. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with some ideas that sound really out there, or they're not out there, just unrelated, but I, they're all gonna come together. Okay. 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 So I. You ever you you know the famous book uh, when you give a mouse a cookie, right? I do. Okay, and I, for people that don't, it, the idea is someone gives a cookie a mouse. He or someone gives a mouse a cookie. <laughs> I yeah. have this vision of a cookie <laughs> eating a mouse. <laughs> the mouse enjoys the cookie, and then he wants some milk. And then because you give him the milk, he now wants a mirror. And now that you've given a mirror, he wants blah 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 blah. And he keeps wanting more things because you gave him the cookie to begin with. It's actually circular. But that part doesn't matter. What matters is the concept of you give someone, you give someone, or you offer something. To someone and then because of that they do something else right if you give an inch they'll take a mile kind of but just just the idea of if they're gonna do something maybe they'll do something beforehand for that thing right just just i'll call this mouse cookie theory okay sounds good we'll put that to the side pin on that short pin i'll take it off quick but pin on that different idea you know some people think your name fits your face you know you look like a a Jack, you look like a Gregory, right? I thought for sure you're gonna say you look like a Jack, you look like a Kevin. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hey, I forgot that guy's name, Kevin. Yeah, you for- I think you forgot the main character of Lost is Jack when you threw out the Jack. No, I remember Jack, I just forgot about Kevin. Yeah, okay, he's just more right. forgetful. <laughs> but 
you know, some people believe that. I don't know about that, but I am confident. I'm confident in one thing. Okay. Okay. And that's when you talk to someone for long enough, you get to know something about them that's not because the name, you know, it's kind of picked arbitrarily by your parents. They don't like look at you and go, and even if they do look at you, you're a baby. Babies change the way they look. But there's something on you that is given to you regardless of how you look when you're born, okay? Mm-hmm. At least in the U.S. Social security number. Oh, I think from talking to someone alone, you can gather the social security number. Okay? okay. Uh, so, for those of you who have skipped ahead a little bit, keep skipping. <laughs> keep, keep skipping. Keep skipping. <laughs> so, Mr. Sal, I've talked to you for probably... I, in my lifetime, probably over like, or at least I listened to you talk, eh, maybe like 40 hours, 50, I don't know, quite a few hours, yeah, maybe 100, probably, I don't know, but I've listened to you talk for many a day's worth of time. I'm I think confident. we have probably 40 hours worth of podcast at this point, don't we? Do we? Maybe. maybe 20. No, no, they're not, not each of two hours, no, 20, but, 20, but it might be, it's close, it's definitely over 20. We have between 20. like 20 and 30 hours, I'd say. Definitely, oh yeah. Because then there's, yeah, wow, I think about that. So, yeah, we definitely have a lot of time talking. <laughs> and then I this taught you for two years, so yeah. there's, there's way more than 50 hours here. There's probably over 100, yeah, you're right, maybe even, I don't I don't want to keep going into that. But I've talked to you a lot. Mm-hmm. So I am 99.99, okay, so I'm only 0.01 error here. I'm, I'm spouting this. 99.99% sure I know your social security number. So, for every finale we get to, I will reveal one digit. In sequential order, starting with the first of your social security number. Why? Why would you okay. get? <laughs> Listen now. Here's the mouse cookie theory. Okay, let us let us go back to the mouse cookie theory, right? Why would I just give away a social security number? Won't all these thieves, bandits, and narduels, right? Come over, listen to the first, however long it's been, first like six minutes of the show, and go, hey, this is this guy's. And then they go to each one of our finales and you know get your number together, and now. They do identity theft, but no, it's not that simple. Cause think about it. Yes, there's a podcast, but you know what? Once probably on your phone, right? It, once you tap on the podcast and you're listening, you don't want to just have to stop midway through. We're we're so charming. We've already won you over that you know what? Instead of instead of starting at the finale, I'll start the first episode, right? So now, what what's gonna happen? Are people some people are gonna tell their friends. Hey, here's an easy way to share the show, by the way, guys. Hey, there's this guy. He's revealing his co-host's or friend's uh, social security number on each finale episode of his podcast. You guys should check it out. And then when they go to check it out, they're like, oh, wait. I don't want to you know. This is season one, episode 10 of The Leftovers. I, I don't want to get spoiled on The Leftovers. So they're going to start from the beginning and then go all the way through. So I'll get us 10, uh, 10 downloads, right? And they'll be up to date. Then they'll listen to it and they'll get their rewarded digit of the social security number. So you're going to use my social security number to get us yes. listeners. Yes. You're right. I hate it. <laughs> so that is. I'm also, I, I'm very concerned that you found out my social security number and I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I'm not my point nine nine percent confidence your social security number, Mr. Sal. I'm I'm very confident. That's insane. I'm very confident this is social security number. Say no more. <laughs> so the listeners are very excited probably to hear the first number, social security number. You guys have earned it, 
you listen to all the episodes, or at least, you know, majority. I understand if you skipped, like, episode 5 or something. Actually, episode 5 was Gladys. You shouldn't have skipped that one. That was a really good one. <laughs> Go back and watch that one. Yeah, yeah, you've skipped the best one. Not the best one, second to best one. So, you should go back. Anywho, the first number, by pure happenstance, is 1. There you okay. go. Okay. First number is 1. Do you, want, do you, me, do you want me to confirm or no? No, no, no. You don't have to. Because I know okay. I know it's correct. Only 99.99% sure. Okay. There's only a 0.01% chance I'm wrong. So if you get this right, I swear. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> so you are saying that you're telling everybody to a 99.9% certainty that the first digit of my social security number is one. Yes. I'm trying not. I'm trying deliberately not to react one way or another here. I mean, that's important, but kind of futile. Okay. Because, as we said before, ninety-nine point nine nine percent certainty that this. I would is the really like to know where you're getting your information. Where uh, I just talk to you enough. I've heard you speak enough. Much like a face fits a name. A name fits a face. Whichever, whichever you say, it, right? You. And your voice and your mannerisms fit your social security number. To a T, might I add. You, yours was very easy. Wow. Well, we'll have to see. This is this, You're playing the long game here. Yeah, yeah. This, this will take a very long time before people get an entire social security number. And before you listen to this, before you guys try to start brute forcing it, like once I meant like the fifth finale and there's like four left, well, actually the four are like the most important that you want. The last four. So maybe once I meant like that seventh finale now you only have two left don't try to brute force the last two that's just embarrassing you don't want to be on like call supports or like center and then you give them the wrong last two digits you'll just look like a fool out there don't don't embarrass yourself wait for all of them to be released and then, yes please and then if unless by the way i'm also i'm, I'm telling everyone no one uses social security number once it's released no one uses it okay it's just for media attention i'm saying right now no one use it. If anyone of you use it, it's illegal. Okay, and I there's no law breaking. It's allowed here. It's well, totally illegal. I, I got to tell you what I, I this is a surprise to me. I, I had no idea this was this was coming. You did tell me that the fact that there were nine should be a big hint to me. And yeah, I did not even make the connection that there are nine digits in a social security. Number. Oh, I I mean I doubt. <laughs> I mean I I had to count how many digits started a social security number before yeah. I said that hint because I was like. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but I, so I started thinking, okay, nine. What what is there nine of? Well, there are nine innings in a baseball game. Does this have something to do with baseball? <laughs> and then I then I I thought I had figured it out. Do you know what it was? I have no clue what you would. Have I thought that because I know how many students were in your AP Chemistry class. There were ten. You were one of them, obviously, and there were nine others. I thought there would be a different student from that class on the finale podcast with us every every finale. Then why would you hate that? Did you not like all the oh, students? I wouldn't, all like I, I wouldn't hate that at all. So, <laughs> so that, that's the part that was getting me stuck there. But anyway, so, I, I would hate it if they didn't watch any of. You know. <laughs> trying to go with the finale. There's someone there that's never seen the show. They're really excited <laughs> to talk about finales. Like, they're really excited. Well, then you can talk about it. Just know, you know, Jane or Joe, John Smith, whatever. Don't whatever. Is sitting there and they're just 
also have their input for the finale. And we'll have to explain everything to them. No, but no. That's and the show notes are going to have to play. In which Kurt reveals the first number of Mr. Sal's social security number. You can put that in the show notes. Yeah. But then that kind of ruins the surprise if someone reads the show notes beforehand. You can put sure. you can put that in for every subsequent one because I do want it to be assumed now. Okay. I don't I don't want to super re-explain it every single time. And I'll maybe no, find it a quick way. This has already gone long enough. Let's start talking yes. about the Prodigal Son Returns, shall we? Oh my god, that went much further than I thought. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my five and ten estimate was not a bad one. Hey, <laughs> okay. well, for those of you who have gotten to this point. Thank you for sticking around. For those of you who skipped forward, you have skipped to the right place if you're here. So, Kurt, the season finale of season one of The Leftovers. What do you think? Uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Now that is high. That is as high as you have gone any episode of The Leftovers. It was, wait, what? It is. That it, you've got three others that you've given a nine to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Including the last three of the season. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's definitely gone up. This one I almost gave eight out of ten, though. I, I go, I'm very wishy-washy. I don't know why. This is your least favorite of the last three. I think so. Okay. Maybe you'll change my mind. Um, Maybe, but, I mean, quite honestly, I, I mean, I, you already know the ranking I gave this. There are only two rankings for the leftovers. There are nines and there are ten. Yeah, which is really ridiculous to me. Yeah, what, <laughs> why? Why do you even? I... <laughs> I diversify for Lost. You should, I I wish you would make a leftover special ranking so I could actually like surmise some actual different. I guess I'm really ranking... glad that you brought that up, Kurt, because we have another special announcement to make before we go any further. Mm-hmm. Next week. We are not going to be covering a new episode of The Leftovers. So then what will we be doing, Mr. Sal? We are going to do a season one kind of wrap-up podcast for season one of The Leftovers. However, mm-hmm. rather than calling it a wrap-up episode, we're going to call it an episode ranking episode or episode, an episode ranking episode. That seems redundant. An episode ranking podcast. So you and I will be going through and ranking every episode of The Leftovers from 10 to 1. Wow. This will not be number one. It will not be <laughs> my number one either. Spoilers for next oh, week. Oh yeah, I shouldn't be spoiled next week. <laughs> Spoilers for next week. This will not be either no, number one for either Kurt nor for Wow. Either Kurt or I. This will not be number one. I love this episode. It's a 10 for me. It's a good episode. But I, I do agree that there are better episodes in this season. Good. I also want to point out, of course, this episode was written without the knowledge that they were going to be getting a second season. And I, yeah, that's, that's important to keep in mind because mm-hmm. then you need to have... You can't leave too many questions in the air and you right. have enough payoff. So I I understood that watching this that they it's they were unsure if they'd get another season. Yes. So they so have to make the season finale in mind yeah. knowing this needed to act both as season finale and se- series finale, which is a tricky balancing act. But to get a nine out of ten on the Kurt scale is pretty high praise. I mean that that's pretty good. 
I normally like finales. It's hard to mess up a finale for me. Oh, it's very possible. From what I understand, Damon Lindelof is really good at messing up finales. Mm, not for a while, though. <laughs> still, still in season one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> you think this is a good finale? <laughs> have, I, have I told you that? I, I'm not going to There's something that bugs me about the naming scheme of Lost, but I'm not going to talk about that now. Oh, I think you have told me this before, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, so anyway, let's let's get into this episode. Start digging down into it. We we open with this shot of the overhead shot of Patty lying dead in her pool of her own blood in the cabin, and there's this song playing, which is called "Neme Kite Pas," which is a French uh, song, uh, which translates that the title of the song "Neme Kite Pas" translates to uh, "Do Not Leave Me Now." Okay. And I want to come back to that after we go through the whole cold open, um, okay. because I think that really applies to a lot of people within the cold open. All right. Uh, it's interesting because here we see Kevin in the cabin with Patty, of course, and he starts smoking, mm-hmm. which of course a big deal has been made out of Kevin smoking in the last couple of episodes. In the last episode of the Garvey's at their best, he's sneaking cigarettes while he's out on his jogs he's hiding it from his family uh, and then last episode i'm not that was the last episode sorry the previous episode cairo or cairo which is probably the correct pronunciation in this case in that episode patty offers him a cigarette as she's tied up and and he says no i quit so and to be perfectly honest we haven't seen kevin smoke other than at, until up, up until the garbage at their best so uh, so this is this isn't nothing. There, there's something here, the fact that he's smoking. Okay. Anything you want to say about that opening shot of Kevin and Patty in the cabin? Uh, no, nothing. It's a good shot. Good uh, camera work. I forgot the word for that. Compositing or whatever. Cinematography. Cinematography. There you go. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we're meant to make the connection because in the very, the very next thing that we see is Jill in the house of the guilty remnant starting to smoke. Yeah. Okay. Now we've seen this before with Kevin linked in some way to his children, even though he doesn't know it. We've seen it with the mailbox with Tommy Mm -hmm. back in episode seven, the guy, um, solace for tired feet. Uh, Kevin, dreamed about finding the dog trapped inside the mailbox meanwhile tommy was fastening three thousand dollars to the bottom of a mailbox to be picked up by tommy 2.0 here we see kevin smoking and then we cut right to jill starting to smoke so i want to talk on the smoking real quick Mm -hmm. especially since now we kind of i mean i now better understand how the guilty remnant works i guess you have already known yes so I'm just trying to explain the way why they're chain smokers. Is that is that because so some people that smoke smoke to help deal with stress, it helps to de-stress them. So is that why they go to and smoke? Since they never forget and they're that, always that 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 certainly makes a lot of sense. And I do, think that... do they ever actually explain it, or is it just kind of like not particularly? But I, I think that they kind of peripherally explain it. And so let me just huh. jump back quickly to the Gladys episode, to episode five, where 
Kevin is on the phone with Agent Kalani at Aftec, Atfec, Atfec, yes, Atfec, um, the the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosives, and Cults, and Kalani says to him, "What's with the chain smoking?" Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's the one bit of the guilty remnant that is really hard to understand. The like the, the hardest bit. A lot of things are hard to understand about the guilty remnant. I will, I've kind of always reconciled with it this way, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but smoking is certainly a very addictive habit, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I kind of view this as a way to say, even even if you quit the guilty remnant, you're probably not quitting smoking. And so they kind of still have control over you. <laughs> they like imprint on you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, I don't know who supplies the cigarettes. It'll say that's pretty expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, the, a lot of what the guilty remnant does is pretty expensive, and so I don't know who the, who supplies the cigarettes. But if they're if they're supplying the cigarettes, then my guess is that that's just another way for them to control you. Mm-hmm. I, of course, when I say them, I don't really know who I'm talking about. I, I'm talking about the organization, the greater, yeah. you know, organization as a whole. But at any rate, Kevin's smoking and Jill is smoking. So there's this connection shared between them, even though neither of them know that. Mm-hmm. It's a good transition. Yeah. Um, Jill is, by the way, smoking with Lori. Yes. Lori sits down and they kind of share a cigarette, which is the most bonding that we've seen from Jill and Lori other than in the Garvey's at their best. Yeah. 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 The even that, even that, I don't know. That's much bonding. Oh, wait, wait, you think it's Garvey's at the best. Oh well, yeah. Okay. That's a flashback though. Right. That's Part a flashback. Yep. And then finally we land in Tommy and Christine's car and we find that the song that's playing is playing on Christine's headphones. So Christine is listening to the song as the baby is crying in the back. And so they stop to feed the baby. Can I just say now, and this is since since I know it's a season finale. Yes. I, and you also told me this kind of wraps up in the season finale, the wing, Holy Wing episode. Yeah. And also Holy Wing Joan predictions. I was very excited to see Tommy's episode. I was actually very happy. Oh. I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm ready to see all this Tommy stuff goes down because now Christine has this baby. Yeah. They don't really like Holy Wing. Yeah, like maybe now it's not just them driving around aimlessly. Yeah, Let's see what they're gonna do. Right? Yeah, and, and actually, I I really love the Tommy Christine Wayne stuff in this episode. Me as well. Yeah, I was very I was very happy with that. Yeah, I, I especially the Wayne stuff. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the Wayne stuff is fantastic. But at any rate, this is this is uh, where they stop to feed, uh, and Christine and Tommy have this conversation where Christine tells Tommy that she's realized that Wayne isn't going to come for them. But Tommy promises to take care of them. You see, you know, he says, I promise to take care of you. I'm going to keep that promise. I'm going to get a job. I can support us. And it's very big of Tommy, very kind and nice. And he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you foresee what was about to happen? No. Okay. No, I. My first thought was she was harming the baby. I did oh. not think that she would do this though. Yeah, this is heinous. This is just 
awful. But while uh, Christine says she needs to go change the baby's diaper, so she takes the baby into the ladies' room. And while she's in there, Tommy's kind of cleaning up out the car, and this who appears to be a minister. Yeah. He's coming off a bus that says Grace Church. His shirt's buttoned all the way up. It, it seems like this guy's a minister. Do, did you get that as well? I I thought he was either a part of the church in some, like, a minister of some sort, or he was just, like, a religious person. I, I Yeah, I couldn't tell which way. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he was a minister. Uh, it seems like the leader of the group would be the one doing this, but he comes mm-hmm. up and he just asks Tommy if he needs help. And Tommy's very taken aback by this and basically says, you just go around asking people if they need help. The guy says, yeah. Tommy asks, does anyone ever say yes? And the guy says all the time, which I, I thought was really impactful here, especially from Tommy's perspective. This is a guy who on blind faith followed everything that Wayne's told him to do, you know, take the girl and go and here's some money, take half that money and leave it under a mailbox. He's done everything Wayne's asked him to. And how many times has he tried to call his father or or rejected his father's phone call? And when help was right there, that close and he's rejected it every time. And then here's this minister saying to him that people say yes to help all the time it was almost as if he was giving tommy permission to ask for help huh (laughs) did you not get that no i didn't think into it that deep i just i just thought it was ironic in a way that tommy said no when he i thought very clearly needs help yeah you're absolutely right because this is just what he's gotten used to for however long they've been on the road since from October to May, because we know this is Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. So October is when uh, the series started. So that's a, a good seven months that he's been on his own with Christine, rejecting all help from anyone because he feels like he needs to do this stuff alone. And here's this minister saying, you know, people ask for help all the time. Or people accept the help all the time. And yeah, I- Oh, I just thought it was just showing the character of Tommy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen him. He, he didn't take his father's help, and he just kind of keeps going. And now he's lit- like, this is almost in the most clearest way how he can get help, and he still says no. Yeah, I mean, he, and he could definitely use the help right now. Yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, and and he doesn't know exactly how much he could use the help until oh, yeah. just as, just after the bus leaves. Um, and, and that's interesting too, because that, that bus could have been kind of a lifeline for him, but, uh, he hears the baby as after the bus leaves, he hears the baby crying. He goes into the ladies room and Christine is gone. She's left the baby on the floor by the toilet, which is just devastating, heartbreaking, just the most disgusting thing that's been done by just about anybody in this whole series yeah that floor's got to be so dirty that's so oh. gross that's oh. so disgusting uh, should have done it should, you know the grass probably would have been better okay I- i'm assuming that you're kidding about all of this <laughs> because of course when i say the disgusting thing that she did I-, I didn't just mean the actual disgustingness of the floor i meant the fact that she would just leave her baby yeah oh yeah that's bad too yeah oh that's bad too got it yeah that's bad too no, no, it is really terrible. It, 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 I did not expect that to happen. Yeah. Really terrible. I'm also shocked that he couldn't find Christine. 
I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought like he was gonna find Christine. No. Do you think maybe she got on the bus? Ah, oh, that that'd be some mad stuff if she was on the bus. Like if I oh. rewind it and you see her on the bus. I think there's probably a ninety percent chance that she was on the bu- on the bus. Well, I could... a guy asked. Do you think that guy asked? Oh. I think he had already asked. Oh me. my god! You're right. That because he. He she he's he says people accept the help all the time. I bet Christine just did. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think of that's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. So but see, no, see, that's one of those where it could be like, like I don't even want to know if I want to credit Lindelof on that one because that, that that sounds like one where just you just, those two things just happen to be close to each other, and now I speculate. Oh, maybe she's on the bus. Yeah. And now and Lindelof's he... like, yeah, I I planned it out that way. <laughs> you, might, on purpose. You, you might be right but uh, this is one of the things that i love about the leftovers i love these little moments that you that are so easy to, to dismiss it would have been really easy to dismiss this guy just asking tommy if he wants help and tommy rejecting it and it would have been really easy to say, say you know oh, okay well whatever that's just something that happened but those are the moments i that i try to think about the most because I know that they're there for a reason. And, and what's the reason here? And, and I think the, the real reason is to indicate that Tommy continues to reject help, just like he always has, even when he most needs it. But that this moment is going to be uh, kind of a turning point for him where he realizes he does need to, to seek out help. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real reason for it. But I think that it is really interesting to think about the fact that maybe Christine got on that bus because you're right. How could he not find her? How far could she have gotten? That is, yeah, that is, hmm. I think she probably did go on that bus. That's a good one. Yeah. I am. I'm very impressed by that. Oh yeah. But also questionable if it was on purpose. Yeah. It's possible that that you're right about that. (laughs) Still, still really impressed. It is. It is. So this is the cold open. So I want to get back to the song, this Nemekite Pas, which means, again, do not leave me now. And I I really love this because, first of all, it's in French, so you don't know what it, what it means, really. But when you look at the lyrics and you realize that it means do not leave me now, and you, you think about what we've seen so far, we've seen Patty talking to Kevin, or not talking to Kevin, Patty dead on the floor with Kevin. Uh, and, and that one's hard to think about. I want to come back back to that one. But we've seen Jill with Lori. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that this could be a theme song for Jill's entire character for the whole season. This Do Not Leave Me Now. She, it, it, so much of the angst that she has stems from the fact that her mother left her. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 certainly. And then meanwhile, we have another mother literally leaving the child. So you can imagine both Tommy and the baby thinking, do not leave me now, and that Christine left. But you can also imagine Christine thinking that about Wayne, do not leave me now, when, even though she, but she feels abandoned. Mm-hmm. And then with Patty and Kevin, mm-hmm. um, Let's come back to that one. Let's put a pin in that and, and come back to that during the Patty scene in this episode. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So if I forget about that, remind me. I will try to remember. Okay. Okay. Anything else you want to say about the cold open? 
Uh, n no, I was I, I was happy with the cold open. This year usually likes to run them long, which I'm, I'm okay with. I, yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't like long intros. The Leftovers uh -huh. intro, I'm pretty over now. I would like. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, I have good news for you. Or did they change it? And is it shorter? Yeah, they changed it in the second season. Is it shorter? It's different. I think it's shorter. I, 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 a change is nice. I'll probably watch it the first few times. Then I'll go back to skipping it. But at least change the pace. I will tell you, in season three, you, you should not skip it. Okay. Ever. Why do they change it? Like, so, some TV shows change the opening slightly. Uh, yeah. Better Call Saul does it. But Better Call Saul also has a short one. So, yeah, like, that's very short. This um, is literally like I like stuff like that. Breaking yeah. Bad, Breaking all those have short ones; those are good. So, uh, season two they changed the opening, and, and it's it's good, and I, it's worth watching. You know, once or twice, uh, it's it's actually very interesting on the first watch, and then probably the second watch pick up a few more things. But that, beyond that, it's probably not worth watching after that. Season three, uh, every episode has a different opening. Okay, that's. Ooh. Okay. And they're they're all very relevant to the episode, and it's very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, after the cold open, uh, we are back in the Guilty Remnant house, and Lori is basically begging Jill to go home. And she says, tonight, not tonight, tonight is not safe. Yeah. And then Meg snaps angrily. Oh. It doesn't make drive you nuts. No, I love it. Okay. I think it's, I love it. I love the snapping angrily, like. Oh, man. After the last time we saw Meg, she couldn't, she wouldn't shut up. Yeah, she's not, she's. And, and Lori was snapping at her to stop talking. Yeah, the whole violence thing. And now Meg won't talk and is snapping it at uh, Lori. And very being very pushy with this "do we go" sign, mm -hmm. and after Lori is is done pleading with Jill to go home because it's not safe right now, Jill wants Lori to talk. And when Lori won't talk, Jill puts on all the white and presumably makes herself, for better or worse, a full fledged member of the Guilty Remnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. Downs the outfit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we knew that Jill was at the Guilty Remnant house at the end of uh, the Cairo episode. But we didn't know how, how far she had gotten. And, and really, this picks up, like, the next day. This is, this is like, the day after Cairo. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because yeah, Kevin yeah. is still in the cabin. Kevin, with... Yeah, I'm surprised no one's questioning Kevin being. Well, I guess soon we'll figure out why no one's questioning. I, I guess I'm surprised Jill hasn't questioned it, but she Jill, also Jill left what? home. Yeah, she left home. So I guess, I guess, you know what? It makes very good sense how no one has questioned why Kevin is gone because yeah. Nora soon becomes busy and Jill mm -hmm. busy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but so the guilty remnant, uh, the, the Lori eventually gives. Uh, permission for the guilty remnant to to go and they head out to this instrumental version of metallica metallica <laughs> nothing else matters did you recognize the song or no? no no i thought you were joking that it's metallica but it is metallica yeah this, the the group that plays the song is called apocalyptica and they do instrumental covers of metallica songs oh okay yeah 
and so this is this is the song a song called nothing else matters so which i think is pretty cool to think about because the, the guilty remnant is so singularly focused on what they're doing at any given time and i'm and they've all but said nothing else matters except for what they do you know there is no family we are living reminders all this stuff so you know patty said it to kevin in the Cairo episode uh i think about this every waking moment of my life so this is a, a nice indicator of of the singularity of nothing else matters and and during, while they're moving out and while they're playing this song they show some flashbacks of patty laying out the clothes in the church uh the stealing of the photos at Chris, uh, during the christmas dance the unloading of the truck and the the placing of those packages next to the clothes in the church and you had you had called this at the end of the of the Cairo episode that they were the bereavement figures the loved ones bereavement figures and they had the clothes of those people the the one thing you weren't sure about i don't know if you remember this but the one thing you were not sure about was where they would put them yeah i was not sure where they i i didn't know if they're going to put them all in the church or just get them back i now (laughs) that is a worse place they could have put them so I do want to know when they start showing like the person on the ladder, uh, yep. when they showed the person on the ladder, I was yep. like, and they showed someone with a shopping cart, right? Yep. Well, I saw those first two, I was like, people frozen in place, so I'm like, oh, are we going, and then they showed the one guy that we'd seen before sitting in the distance, right? Yep. He's like sitting, he's kind of blurry a little with the family photo in the frame. And then we go to Nora waking up and I'm like, yep. oh, are, is this back to like, like the last episode, are we back in the past? Is that just trying to show we're back in the past? Why were they frozen in place? I, I was oh. like, what's going on here? Interesting. Then, you didn't get it. Huh? I, I thought I thought it was them trying to show that it's back to the departure date. But then, uh, and then when like it shows your family, I'm like, oh, okay, those are okay. I got I got you. That. Now I'm up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a good thing that we had that Garvey's at their best episode because that showed us exactly where Nora's family was when they departed. They were at the table in those positions. Yeah, it was definitely a... Having the episode made a lot of sense before the finale, at some point before the finale. Right. So, there there was one other guy. There was a guy doing yoga in the park. That's the first guy that we see frozen. But but it's it's weird because you you can't tell if he's frozen because he might just be meditating. But the next one that we see is the guy cleaning out the gutter and clearly not moving which by the way this could be a a callback to what kevin says when he's asked where he was when the departure happened he do you remember he told the woman in the bar that he was cleaning out a gutter no i yeah i mean i remember the woman in the bar because that's the one that has the baby right yes yeah but no i didn't yeah you know he said he was cleaning out a gutter um, but that's the only, I, I think that was just kind of a, a nod to that, but, uh, the shopping cart one is interesting because we did see that departure. Mm-hmm. That was in the very first episode, the very first scene, the you know, baby Sam departs from the backseat, the car seat of, of the woman's car, but we see the kid calling for his father who had departed and we see the shopping cart just rolling untended toward a car. Wow. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I don't remember that from the first episode. Okay. We, we did see that, that though. Okay. But, and then, the, but we don't recognize any of these people. Yeah, yeah. We do recognize the photo of the, the older couple with the child with Down syndrome. Yeah. Right. Um, and we, we do see, like you, like you said, we see him blurry in the background. Um, and then at Nora's house, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking because you, did you know at this point what she was going to find when she came downstairs? No. Okay. I, th- uh, I thought, yeah, I thought this was a flashback. She's getting ready. We're getting ready like it's any other day. Totally normal. She comes down the stairs and she's just frozen in horror. Yeah. And then that's what, that's when I kind of was like, wait a second. This is not a flashback. No, uh, th- those bereavement figures, and they look terrible, by the way. Right? Oh yeah, they're they're not the expensive ones. No, they're, they're definitely the the lower quality models, and and they but but they look enough like the people that you're going to recognize them if if they were your loved one, right? And so and so she sees her family exactly where they were when they departed, which is so maniacal to put them exactly where they were when they departed could easily give you a false sense of hope that they had returned very quickly when you first see them oh yeah i didn't think about her realizing they came back yeah so that you know so so there's there's this moment of hope before it's just absolute horror and this guttural scream that we can't even hear because they, they've muted it but she's just screaming and, and it, in, in that moment all the progress she's made in the previous three episodes from the, from the time she got the hug from Holy Wayne through everything that happened in Cairo or I'm sorry Saul's retired feet and then Cairo all of that progress you can see it just melt away I yeah I well I kept questioning I didn't know if it was un like I didn't know if Holy Wayne's spell had been undone yet and I was I was a question I kept asking myself throughout the episode I was like is it undone is never okay and then yeah mm-hmm. it certainly is undone she's, oh yeah she's back to oh, missing them oh yeah I mean and, so let's and, go see Holy Wayne again yeah you know. um <laughs> maybe not but. I mean, I, I just, my heart bleeds when I watch this scene and it's just, it's so devastating to see her going through this. And, and she, I think Carrie Coon, the actor who plays Nora just is incredible when, when she's just having this just animalistic scream, which I can absolutely imagine is exactly what would happen. And, to see them right back in the place where they departed from must be the hardest. That that's rough. I right. don't know how the GR they impress me every time. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think they dressed them before or after they brought them there? No, I think they dressed them in the church. Okay, that's what that's why I, I thought they would do too. But it, it occurred to me, what if they didn't? But they did lay out all the clothing, mm-hmm. systematically. Yep. Yes. Well, Pat, Patty did specifically. Rip Patty. Oh, poor Patty. We love her. I was so sad that I wouldn't get to hear Patty again. But I was very excited <laughs> to be able to hear Patty again. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, anything else you want to say about that? I mean, this 
exceeded any expectation I had about what the guilty remnant had planned for Memorial Day. I, I just can't even imagine anything worse than what they did. No, I thought I thought it was very. So the the whole town got mad when they stole their photos, and I, now at this point, I was wondering, well, now what is the town going to do when they've literally returned everyone back who disappeared or departed? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was really. I thought I thought hell was going to come to the guilty remnant, and it did come. It did oh come. boy, did it! <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's about it on that scene. All right, so the, uh, we're back with Kevin now, and, and we see a car pulling up to Kevin. We know that he had made a phone call in that very first scene. We, we didn't see who it was, but this car pulls up, and we get... Uh, did you know who was in the car? Uh, no, not, not, until, not until it came out. I did not remember what Matt's car looked like, if it was the no, same car. I, I, same, same for me. But we do get this close-up of Kevin's hand with a cigarette in it, and there and I maybe I'm making too much of this. This this is definitely a possible. It, it's very possible that this was just a very cool cinemata- cinematography. Wait a minute, a very cool cinem- cinematic shot uh, where you get the the car in focus with Kevin's hand in the background and Kevin's hand in the, with a cigarette in the foreground. And then they shift the focus to Kevin's hand. So the car is blurry. So maybe it's just a very cool thing, but they do. There is a prominently displayed bullseye tattoo on Kevin's wrist. And go ahead. I did not notice the tattoo. No, I, I don't know. This is, I might be making something of nothing here, but we have seen bullseyes before in the leftovers. Remember Tommy drawing the bullseye. Oh yeah, um, and, and he says it, it'll make you invisible. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. I, I don't know if there's really anything to that, but it was interesting to note. Mm, that, okay. do, do you attribute anything that to anything or that anything to that, or is it just cinematography that's cool? Uh, I guess the best way to uh, obviously c- cinematography, but I I have no clue how deep they went on that. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, all right. So Matt, uh, it's Matt that gets out of the car and and has this really intense conversation with Kevin in the cabin. I mean, Matt doesn't even flinch here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to ask you about. Yeah. We talk about later some more as we see Matt more and more, but I'm like, I know Patty said that she was behind. Uh, Gladys is you know, <laughs> stoning, but dude, Matt is cold. He's just, he's like, okay, yeah, let's come on, bury the body. When, when they get to that restaurant and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna get a cheeseburger, he's just getting his fill. Like, this is not Matt's first rodeo. That's all I'm saying. Matt has certainly buried the dead body before how calm he is. He's just so, I don't, I just don't, he, dude. My other question is, why does Kevin. Call Matt. Okay, that's a great. That's a really good question, and I want to. I want to think about who else he could call here. I mean, he's not going to call Jill. That's for sure. He doesn't have Lori to call anymore. Uh, he could call Nora, but I mean, calling Nora, he doesn't know how she's going to take the news that 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 this happened. This might be the end of his relationship with Nora if he calls Nora. 
Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, just dead body next. Yes. So who else would he call? Dean was already there and left. I don't even know if he knows how to get hold of Dean. <laughs> you know who he should have called? Who would have been there for him? I yeah, I thought Dean would be good. I just thought he called Matt because of his because of senior and like maybe he knows Matt really well or yeah maybe senior just made him trust Matt. Who who do you think he could have else called? I thought maybe one of the police guys he knew really well. Maybe they would come help him. Oh, since, I think especially probably... especially since like. A lot of them really hate the GR. Oh, yeah. I think he probably wanted to avoid calling anybody from the police because he didn't want to get in trouble for this. Um, I think, oh, he could have called Amy. That's the one he should have called. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, poor Amy. We're not going to see Amy anymore. But really? No, she's done. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed Amy's character. I, I I was disappointed that she wasn't in any more episodes. But anyway, um, I think it makes a certain degree of sense to call Matt because he knows there was a connection with his father. He knows that when his father broke out of the mental institution, Matt basically harbored him illegally. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. That, oh, that's another good point. Yeah, he yep. did. He was willing to circumnavigate the law before. And again. I think he's kind of counting on uh, ministers' confidentiality. Does that really apply though to if the I don't know. If I think I think Matt is Episcopalian, and I don't know if it applies to Episcopalian ministers. But I, I mean, it applies to Catholic priests where the sacrament of confession is uh, concerned. So, are mm-hmm. you familiar with confession at all? Yeah, I'm familiar with uh, confession. It's, right. it's kind of like an attorney. Uh, client privilege type of it's thing, right? exactly like that doctor doctor patient privilege mm-hmm. client privilege priest confessor privilege basically and i think so I, maybe he's he's counting on matt to be discreet about this so i think there there are enough reasons that it makes sense that he would call matt um the other thing that i would i would also throw out there is that matt or kevin i think really maybe looking for forgiveness and absolution from this and the person that that could convince you that you're forgiven would be the minister Mm -hmm. which is exactly what matt tries to do this conversation is amazing i mean matt just goes right in goes up to patty and says it starts to try to close her eyes and kevin says don't don't touch her it's a crime And don't touch her it's a crime scene and, and matt says i thought you said she killed herself <laughs> and kevin's like she did nobody's <laughs> gonna believe that <laughs> and, and matt says well i believe it and like this this conversation is, is so like i i love when kevin tells him if you touch her you're in it with me and matt just like without hesitation just goes closes her eyes like yeah <laughs> okay. yeah yeah exactly and and he he says to to kevin you tried to let her go but she wouldn't let that happen she wanted you to pay she knew that if she did this it would hurt you because you're a good man then we get from kevin these flashbacks to the party that he had for his father and he's he flashes to Lori and to jill and to tommy and it's not clear that he believes Matt when Matt says you're a good man. So do you think Kevin believes that he's a good man? 
Well, last episode at the very end, I he, I don't think he thinks he's a good man. I don't no. think he thinks that. Mm-hmm. Anything before, and now he misses his family. He blames himself. His yeah. family's lost. I mean, the the woman that he was having sex with, who departed, asked him, "Are you a good guy?" And he said, "No." Yeah. And here's Matt telling him, "You are a good man." And that's when Kevin says, "If you touch her, we're in this together." And Matt just closes <laughs> closes her eyes immediately and says, "Then let's be in it." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Yep. He went faster after he said that. He's like, okay. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, they they dig the hole. They put Patty in it. They start to bury her, uh, and Matt asks Kevin to read a Bible passage. And I, I love this line. I <laughs> you called me to help, right? This is me helping. It's like, yeah, I'm going to help you with this, and you need my help. But you're going to do something for me as well. Yeah. Uh, I love this about Matt. And can you guess which book of the Bible Matt asks Kevin to read from? No, that's why, that's why I was waiting for this. I want you to translate this for me. What is this? Okay. You, you don't have a guess as to which book it was, at least? Is it Job's? Of course it's yeah. Job. <laughs> of course it's Job. So he has Kevin read this passage from Job, which is... Really, I, I mean, it's it's beautiful, and, and it's so applicable to what's happening here. I'm I'm just gonna go through it if that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. It says, but if you go, uh, if I go to the east, he is not there. I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. So this is uh, indicative of of Kevin just being lost. Um, but he knows. The way that I take, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed. And Kevin chokes up on the word departed. Mm -hmm. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. But he stands alone, and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases. He carries out his decree against me and many such plans he still has in store. That is why I am terrified before him. When I think of all this, I fear him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. And Kevin clearly is terrified here. Yet I am not silenced by the darkness, by the thick darkness that covers my face. And in this passage, really what Job is doing here is lamenting that he can't understand God. He can't find God where he should be able to find him. He can't understand why he does what he does. But yet, even though he can't understand him and he can't find him, he is at a loss without him. And so this is Matt basically telling Kevin, you are lost right now and turn turn back to God and be found, uh, which is the, the closing line of the story of the prodigal son. So the title of this episode is The Prodigal Son Returns. Are you familiar with the story of the prodigal son? No, no. Okay. So the prodigal son, the, the story goes that a man had two sons uh, and the the eldest worked very hard. At, you know, this is biblical time. So mm-hmm. the richest people were farmers. Okay. Uh, and so this man was a farmer uh, and he had a, a huge farm and, and, and the eldest son worked very hard on the farm and the youngest son 
said to his father, give me my share of the inheritance now before you die, because I want to go find my way in the world away from this farm. And so the father does, and he gives this, the young son half of the, of the, half of his wealth. And the young son squanders it on drinking and prostitutes and gambling and ends up with nothing. And he ends up you know, begging for scraps uh, at, a, at a different farm uh, where he gets whatever's left over after the pigs have eaten. And he thinks to himself, you know, my father has servants who live better than I'm living right now. I'm going to go back and ask my father to take me back as a servant. And when he does, he, he goes back to his father and his father is overjoyed that his son has returned home and throws his arms around him and, and has, a, has a big party for him. And the elder son is very upset about this because, you know, the, all this kid did was just squander half of the wealth um, and he's getting a party. And, uh, you know, the, the father says to him, you know, your brother was lost, but now is found. And so the, the story of the prodigal son is about turning away from what's right and then finding your way back to it. So that's what Matt is trying to instill in Kevin here. And that's, I, pro I assume why the episode is called the prodigal son returns. Although I think there are a couple of more points later that it also applies. So that's the story of the prodigal son. Now, you know, and, and Good story. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting story. I'd yeah. be upset though if I was the older brother. Of course, so would I. And, I, and why, why, why? Why don't I? Yeah, why don't I get a party for staying it, around, Dad? Huh? Uh, exactly. I, it, I, I, this dad might just had a favorite child. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's very possible, but uh, in the Bible, uh, it is very common for uh, for the portrayal of God to be just thrilled at sinners returning to Him. So that's kind of the point of, of that story and of, of what Matt is trying to instill in Kevin, that even though you have strayed from the path, you are welcomed back and you are a good person. Um, and then he offers Kevin a change of clothes and water to clean himself. And, you know, in slow motion, they show Kevin pouring the water over his head. And in, in film, water represents purification. So, and in this case, because it's coming from a minister, it could represent baptism. So it's, it's this rebirth for Kevin. Kevin so, 2.0, we can call him now. We can call him Kevin 2.0, exactly. From here on out. You got the update. Or actually, you know, this will now be Kevin 1.0. The old one was Kevin like beta. So Kevin like oh, okay. 0 0.9 or something. So okay. we just call him regular Kevin. But if you refer to past Kevin now, that's Kevin 0.9. Gotcha. Then Kevin point eight can be uh, pre departure. Kevin point seven can be before he worked as a cop. Uh, yep. Kevin point six can be while he was. I don't know if he went to college. Do you go to college to become a cop? Or education? Well, he's being learning to be a cop. Point six. Point five is high school. Point four, middle school. Point three, elementary. Point two, uh, before he went to school, and then point one, toddler womb and point oh when they talked about him <laughs> the possibility of having a kid but he wasn't even at all okay. yeah there you go now now that we've gotten that all out of the way our kevin sorted yeah it's, <laughs> it's really interesting because the, the first time that i watched through this whole series 
Matt was not a very interesting character to really? me. I I'm so fascinated by Matt now. Like I I just can't get enough of Matt at this point in my life. You know, and I, I think maybe because we're talking about it so much, and whenever Matt's on screen, there's so much subtext that needs to be like researched and 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 figured out that's not just immediately given to you. And I just think it's so cool. So I, I love Matt. <laughs> so anyway, uh, by the way, here we have a minister offering help and Kevin accepting it. Oh, there's the Tommy yeah. father connection. Mm-hmm. There's oh. a lot of ministers out there offering help. It's true. But yeah, but it's almost cool. simultaneously to a father-son combo. Mm. So good. Uh. Anyway, uh, Kevin, as he, as he does, falls asleep in the car. And when he wakes up, or we assume that he wakes up, he's at a mental institution where Matt is having him committed. Now, did, did you question whether this was real or not? No. Okay. And this is, this is something I dislike. So is there any way... So is there any way for me to know that this was fake? Mm-mm. Yeah, see, I'm not... I will tell you now, I'm displeased with what they did to me here. Okay, because it's not the first time that they've done it, and you've never expressed this displeasure before. With a dream or them tricking me that it's a dream? I mean, Kevin has woken up in the middle of whatever. You know, he did it, and he went, uh, Amy woke him up and brought him out into the woods yeah. with Dean, and... Uh, um, we but that was very I, that was very clearly I felt like a dream to me because uh, let, let me explain why because when you see Dean you think dream because back when even when I see Dean in person I wonder if it's a dream right and that's fine was, I'm okay with them as long as they give a tidbit of maybe this is a dream if they show Dean they've set the precedent this could okay. be a dream okay and I'm, I'm okay with that I'm okay if you it's a dream you see Dean I'm okay if it's a dream and there's something going on that lets me know it's a dream at some pretty early on right. This, okay. They go on for a long time, and even when they show Patty, I'm like, I is I didn't even realize it was a dream. I just thought he was just because senior talks to him too, and I already thought it wasn't a dream. I'm, I was, I was upset that they tricked me like this. Now, if if there was a tell that this was a dream, I'll give it. Well, let's they make do. sure that we remember too that Kevin's quote unquote dreams often have some basis in reality though mm-hmm. well, when he dreamed that the dog was trapped in the mailbox you know he woke up with a dog bite on his hand and a dog in his yard mm-hmm. that's true so when he dreams that patty says we're going to be traveling companions Dude. i was wondering after this if patty is now going to be the new dean in his mind so Let's not forget that the first, very first shot that we get is Patty with this song playing that says, do not leave me now. And then she tells Kevin that we're going to be traveling companions for a while. You know how in Dexter, Dexter sees his dad all the time? Yes. (laughs) So is is Patty going to be Kevin's dad now? (laughs) Let me let me just say this. Um, we don't have to be upset that we're not going to hear from Patty anymore. <laughs> we're going to hear these. so much from Patty. Woo! I I don't know if I want her relegated though to 
Kevin's mind, Patty, but I'll take it fine. Well, I mean, Kevin's mind, Patty could be like seniors mind voices. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And that's what I thought it was when we were in the asylum. And maybe it still is. But yeah. I mean, if, if the asylum part was true, that would have been very de- definitive of, well, I mean, seniors talking to her too, or recognizes her. So this is, but it wasn't. So I was like, oh, not concrete. If senior knows. Well, well, I think you're going to get some satisfaction on that, but not until, you know, we start <laughs> you up. So, right, okay. So anyway, um, there, there, you know, Matt is having him committed. He's thrown into the solitary cell. He keeps like talking to himself. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Um, they, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I have a daughter. He always goes back to that, by the way, I have a daughter. They kept talking about that. I, I just yeah. thought because he was worried about Jill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which that's all going to come full circle by the end of this too. But as a national, the national geographic that his father was trying to give him is slid under the door into his cell. Uh, and there's a note and the note is placed right at the care the Cairo. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it says, if you stop talk, what, I don't remember the exact wording. Basically it was stop talking to yourself and they'll let you watch TV. And so he stops and they they allow him to go into the TV room where Senior is watching, guess what? That one comedy? Perfect Strangers. There you go. Yes. It's a comedy. Yep. Yep. And uh, and Kevin joins him. And here's another situation where we might, um, we might consider the title, The Prodigal Son Returns. Here is the son reuniting with his father. Although I like it better in the context of Matt. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and you know, they, they, they go through quite a lot here. I, I don't want to go through all of it, but one of the points that I, that I did want to bring up is that Senior says to Kevin, the bad, men end up, the bad men end up here. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of what Matt just was telling him. So he, we, we get a very vivid, especially when we realize that this is a dream, a very vivid contrast between this or between these conflicting forces within Kevin. You know, here's Matt telling him that you are a good man. And here's his father telling him in, in this dream or lucid dream, I guess that he is now in the place where the bad men end up. And, and why does he know that they are the bad men? Because they didn't depart. And he says, we know why we didn't depart we know why we were left behind and i think we're going to find out later when matt and kevin are in the diner why kevin is so upset about this but it's it's an indication that kevin even though he's been told by matt you're a good person is still internally struggling with the idea that no i'm not i'm a bad person and yeah. I, here I am in the place where bad men end up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I can. I mean, yeah. I I know. I know that down that senior says this is where bad people belong, and he's very. He, you know, like he admits, like I'm a bad man. Senior also hinted at uh, that maybe I thought that was a hint that it was the rapture that was the departure. Right. He said that because he was saying. Because I don't know if he meant the asylum or he meant on the planet. 
So I was like, oh. do you mean only the bad people are left? Like, are, do all the bad people go in the asylum, or do all the bad people are still on Earth? I was like, that's a good point. I think there's there's double meaning here. Um, and again, we can't forget this is at least you know we don't know it yet, but at least partially this is all in Kevin's head. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So it's not really. Yeah, so I, I, but I, that's a really good point. Is he talking about the mental institution or is he talking about Earth? But at the time, I didn't realize it was a dream still, nope. despite this going on for minutes. I know. The great show writer decided, hey, let's start, let's really start tricking them and not give them any way of knowing it's a dream completely. <laughs> so then Senior starts talking to his voices again, except the voices are behind Kevin this time. And Kevin tries to turn around and Senior tries to get him to stop. And says, "Don't you know? Don't turn around. Don't look." And we hear Patty's voice say, "You know, f him. Turn around." <laughs> That's a good one. I loved that. Oh yeah. And then he turns around, and there's Patty. What does she say? Hello again, or something like that? It's just wonderful. <laughs> oh, she's so good. And we then we have this art, basically an argument between Patty and Senior. Patty says he needs to get out. Senior says no, he needs to stay here. And they exchange these amazing insults. <laughs> Patty calls him a dried up turd. And, and Senior calls her a tobacco stained bad word. <laughs> it's, it, and it, there, there's a lot of humor there, but uh, this is the conflict that's going on within Kevin's head. You need to stay here and get better or you need to get out of here. And, and, and that's, that's his conflict. And, here it is playing out in front of him. We don't know that this is an internal conflict, but later, once we realize that this was all internal, it makes sense that there'd be these competing forces in his head. One saying you belong in a mental institution. One saying, no, you need to get out there and help people. Yeah. I under, I like, I like the dialogue between Patty and senior. I, I don't want that. To, like, I don't want it to come across that. I didn't like the dialogue between them. Oh, I know. I didn't like the past thing. I still like they yeah. tricked me. Maybe I just don't like it because they tricked me like that. The dirty <laughs> trick. I don't like that. So, I know. But I am happy to see Patty. I would. I, argue, do, I do like the. I do like the argument that ensued. Yes, but I, I and I would argue your point by saying whenever we see Kevin close his eyes, we have to question everything that comes next. No, that's ridiculous. He blinks in some scenes. Probably. Okay, you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> but, I, I still maintain that if, if he closes his eyes, we should be questioning whatever comes next. But I, I take your point. There there was no Dean here. Although I, I do have to say, on the way into the mental institution, there was a wide shot where there was a single figure in a window staring down. And I couldn't tell who it was, but maybe it was no. Dean. Oh, okay. It was mostly silhouette. I couldn't tell who it was. Okay. But, I would have loved if they had Dean in the background somewhere. Ah, oh, why can't they have that? They've they got to have that somewhere. Go back and watch that scene again. I, I, I can't tell who's in the in the window. It might be Dean. Okay, you're getting admitted. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, Patty is is straddling Kevin and like basically giving him a lap dance here. And a lot of people were really grossed out by this, but, um, but. <laughs> Kevin says, you're dead. I buried you. And then while she's grinding on him, she goes, not deep enough. Yeah. 
It's a little gross. <laughs> yeah, and then Senior says to, to Kevin, you leave with her, you leave with her, which is foreshadowing of what's to come in season two. If you leave with Patty, then Patty's with you. You're leaving with her. And Patty confirms that by saying, we're going to be traveling companions. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is definitely his new mind buddy now. Oh boy, is it! Which is is fantastic because you can certainly imagine that Kevin is overwhelmed by guilt about what happened to Patty, and so you can certainly imagine what happened to Patty haunting him. So the question becomes: Is this actually literally Patty haunting him, or is this just the his guilt? playing it out and that's a question we'll have to answer later not today maybe maybe next episode oh wait nope <laughs> next episode yes not next podcast though oh yeah well no next episode's going to be the re- uh, ranking right, right. but the, not the next episode of the leftovers oh yeah <laughs> Anyway, we find out it was a dream because Kevin wakes up and, and they're at a diner. Matt took him to a diner because he wants a cheeseburger. Again, that's ice. Matt, Matt cool. Just... Matt, he's, he's done this before. I don't know what he did with Senior. Well, Senior was a cop, but there must be some reason they were such close friends. Like You might, you might be right. <laughs> yeah. So Matt wants to know exactly what Patty said. And why she did it, uh, why she killed herself, so that uh, so he so that he can help the, the guilty remnant. Yeah. Like, for the sake of his mission, his new missionary work, he wants to know everything Patty said and why she did what she did. And Kevin basically just says that she wanted him to understand. And Matt accuses Kevin of, yeah, you must understand because yeah. if she was if she wanted to send a message by cutting her throat. He goes, I'm pretty sure she made sure you received it before she did it. <laughs> so, which makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, yeah. So, and Matt is able to get out of Kevin exactly what he does understand. Which is, Kevin thinks, why we're still here. And he, he thinks that he's still here because he wanted to leave. He wanted to be free of his own family. And this, I mean, this hits, I think... This scene hits like a ton of bricks because this scene basically tells us what this show has been about from the beginning. And you really, you identified it very quickly that Kevin wants his family, like is, is the only one really fighting for his family. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. He didn't leave his family. His family left him. Right. He didn't expect. But the fact that he is now admitting that before the departure, he wanted them gone. Like, this is why Kevin is the way he is now. This is what eats at Kevin. These are his inner demons. The fact that he wished his family away and now they're gone. And this is what makes him feel like he is not a good person. Like he is a bad guy. Like he's not a good guy. This is what makes him feel like he ends up in the place where bad men go, whether that's the mental institution in his mind or whether that's just being a leftover. 
not. Oh, have... look at that! If you see the line in that little dialogue, I would have, I would have stopped watching the episode right then and there. He's like, I feel like, a, I feel like I'm just a leftover, <laughs> or I'm just part of the leftovers. <laughs> he looks at the camera and says that. <laughs> That's what happens if it's like 1998 Fox <laughs> or something dun, like. That. Dun, dun. <laughs> anyway so but kevin tells him about about the affair yeah he does and, and this is shocking for matt because matt realizes that he was like he he actually saw her depart that he was right there you were with her when she departed yeah it's pretty crazy to think about and and to think about that coupled with his feelings of guilt about wanting his family gone. I, I think it totally explains everything about Kevin's character for this whole season. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I, I'm trying. I really hope we see more. I know this is kind of off the, I mean, not too far off the beaten path, I hope we get to see that um dry that dry cleaner guy again at some point. <laughs> I hope we do. We're not uh, getting to the dry cleaner guy. Oh, why did you have to go and tell me that? I oh, I I am I'm happy I I guessed that there was a possibility that the man just gave him any old white shirts. <laughs> you definitely did. I mean that 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 made me feel pretty happy. I know this is a few episodes ago now, but that did pop into my mind. In terms of learning about Kevin, if he would go there and say he's sorry to the laundry man guy, I uh, wonder if he still. I wonder if he still goes there to get his laundry done. After right. What they did. It's a great question. He can't anymore. There's no way. It's too awkward. Um. I guess. I I I don't think this is a spoiler to say because we knew about this before season two ever started. But the setting for season two changes. It's not in Mapleton anymore. Wait, really? Yeah. Whoa, that's news to me. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean they did announce that before the season started. Yeah, that the trailers for season two uh, show a different place. Wait. Well, now, now I'm. I, I have so many. Well, I guess that makes sense after what happened at the end. But I just like as in. Their universe not on Mapleton anymore, or just they're filming the show at a different location, but they're still called Mapleton in the TV show. No, uh, no, in universe they're not in Mapleton anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I won't say any more about it than that because I didn't know any more about it than that. All right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's that's coming up later, but not, we don't have to worry about that today. At any rate. Kevin tells us this story, and I, this is another situation where I think this performance is just incredible. I like Kevin when he gets that because Kevin's good at being. I, I said it before, right? It's not. I'm not super impressed with actors that show when they're really sad or, you know, just kind. Of, I like when they're on the brink. That's that's why I feel like it's the hardest to like convey. That's why I think. Yeah, I just like the brink, the in between, right? Yeah. As you're like getting really sad before you cry and. Kevin, yep. the, the actual place Kevin Garvey is really good at that. I like. Yeah, you got to learn his name. I did. 
the actor who plays Kevin Garvey. <laughs> that's his... <laughs> no, that's not his name. I just didn't, you know I wanted to make sure you can show off your because listen, if I always know everything and you don't get to show everyone that you know some stuff, you know I'm 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 not giving you any credit. You're I'm gonna outshine you. You're still I want you. Thunder. Yeah, there you go. Stealing your thunder. Yeah. I don't want to do that. You're yeah. you're the one that's the big fan of the leftovers. Okay, so I yeah. want I want to make sure you can be the. You get all the lost thunder. I get the leftovers thunder. Is that the way it works? No, I don't let you have all the leftovers thunder. I I do okay. take some of it. Okay, good. I do siphon some of it, but. So anyway, anyway Kevin tells this I think amazing story about how he drove to the school and Jill and Tommy were still there, and they were so happy to see him, and then Lori got home and she was different and they were all different, but the previous day, he had wished his family were gone and now all he wanted was to be with them and that's when he started to lose them one by one yeah oh my god it's so devastating it's like oh i want to know who went first tommy or Lori. i think it was tommy but i'm not really sure um i don't know i think it was tommy as well because Lori had only it hadn't even been a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how come I think it was time. Christmas time. Now it's been over a year, but yeah. She made her way up in the guilty remnant rankings quite fast, I'd say. Boy, did she. Well, at least locally. Yeah, at least a local chapter. (laughs) Now she's I think the 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 leader now. Uh, It would appear at the end of it. Definitely seems that way. But but this is a heartbreaking story to me. The guy like is is lamenting that his family's not enough for him he wants more he wa- he was going to leave he doesn't want his family anymore the departure happens and then all he wants is his family and he has them for a brief moment and then one by one he loses them all he tommy basically goes missing in action lori joins the guilty remnant and jill he can, just cannot connect with Jill to the point where she eventually goes and joins the guilty remnant, although he doesn't know that at this point. Mm. Yeah, it's it's very, very sad. It's really, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so sad. And But this is the whole theme of The Leftovers so far is this idea of Kevin struggling with wanting his family. So, anyway... Matt says it's not your fault. Kevin disagrees. He goes to the bathroom and Kevin encounters Wayne. Wait, so I, I just want this. So yeah. when I saw the blood and someone crying, I thought he was going to find Tommy or something. With oh. like, I was like, oh, this is the Tommy Kevin reunion, right? Oh. It was like the prodigal son. Oh, okay. Like this um. is, this is it here, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was Wade. Which, oh, listen, I was very happy to see Wade as well. Oh. I was like, I was like, okay, but I wasn't expecting this crossover. This is these are the two lines that I think would cross, and they have. Oh, I know. It, uh, it's and it's such a great scene. It's so good. Why do they always have Wade in such mysterious circumstances? I'll never know. Like, why is he just left for dead? It seems like in this. Well, I'm really, sure he was being pursued by whoever he was being pursued by. The at, at fact. Yeah, maybe he's being pursued. Maybe he did it to himself. I, I just, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, when I saw him like that, I was okay. He's clearly dying here. This is. I mean, he says it too. I'm like, this is his end. He said he's oh, gonna yeah. die soon. 
that he says uh, there, there's no hope for me so don't just please don't leave me alone so he basically begs Kevin to stay with him and, and, and let him die with someone. But he also asks Kevin to make a wish. And, and I love this because this is Wayne admitting that he's not sure if he's for real. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I need to grant one wish. Or I need yep. to grant a wish just to prove that I am real. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he needs to prove it to himself. And, and so he says, you don't have to say it out loud. Just think it. And, oh, and and he doesn't say anything, Kevin doesn't say anything, but a, f- a couple seconds later, like w- Wayne just gets this enormous smile. Yeah, he's like curiosity, like he's looking in his mind, and yeah. then he's like, "Oh, you want your family back? Who's part of the family?" Oh, you figured Tommy. that? Out. What? That's you figured cool. that out? I mean, that's my that's my guess based on how it and how, that's my well, first of all, that's what my I based on right beforehand before we go into Holy Wayne. My main guess on what his wish to be is he wants his family back. Yes. That's, that's what I, I guess he would wish. And based on the end of the season. Yep. Yeah. It's a possibility with the way uh, Nora is and then yep. other people. So, I, yeah, that's why I assume his wish is. But then also the way Wayne smiles makes me think that uh, I just thought as per Kevin's wish, he recognized Tommy or something. He's like, oh. Yep. I know that guy. Oh, <laughs> or he was just smiling because yeah, he was granting a wish. I don't know. I I, I think uh, I mean it's po- very possible that it's both, but I think definitely he's he's so happy because he realizes that he does know what Kevin's wish is and that he can grant it. And by the end of the episode, what it's it's his baby who's on the porch. <laughs> we can't forget that that is Wayne's baby. I, I yeah I, I I didn't realize how the the not I shouldn't even say coincidence you know whatever but yeah. the the circularness of it like Wayne sees Kevin and later that same episode Kevin gets Wayne's baby yeah yeah so oh I I just love I love this I love it so much and that that giant grin like oh he knows he knows exactly what he's thinking. And then he just plops. And by the way, um, in interviews uh, uh, with Damon Lindelof, uh, they uh, and Tom Parada, who who are the two creators of the show, uh, they did consider having Kevin say, "I want my family back," and they decided that they were going to have him say nothing. So you're absolutely right. That's exactly what he wished for. Well, yeah, I think I think it's definitely between lines. Listen. I would have been amazed if he wished for anything else. If, yeah. If he wished for like, I could really go for a chili, like cheese dog right now, or like if that's what he thought. And then also like a man runs to the bathroom, like here's your chili cheese dog. So he's like, thank you. <laughs> and then, you are a real weight. Oh my god. <laughs> he's <the> chili cheese dog. <laughs> I would have, I would have lost it. If, if wait, if Kevin's been faking this whole time, missing his family, he just wished for something else. Oh. <laughs> And die, but no, yeah, I know, but no, he uh, that's pretty clearly what he wished for. And I, I'm personally really glad that they don't confirm that they don't tell us that in the episode uh, because I, I think it works much better. Yeah, that, I think it's nice that Wayne can figure it out without having to hear Kevin say it. And so, cl- because Wayne has nothing, no financial gain is coming to Wayne if he gets this right, like. Oh. That smile is pure joy that I was for real. You know what I mean? I was real. Not a shame. I was not a fraud. 
So, but Affect comes in and breaks. Well, Wayne's dead, by the way, at this yeah, point. Yeah, he, he dies shortly after saying "granted" to Kevin's wish. But Affect comes in and and they bust in the the door and they pull out Wayne's body. And the Affect uh, agent is interviewing Kevin, and Kevin wants to know who this guy was. And the Affect guy says, "Just another a hole, a hole who thought he was God," which goes back to the episode six guest where the, there was a whole seminar on uh, what did they call it? False, not false prophets, but the, the belief that you are a prophet. And is this a, a very dangerous uh, coping mechanism or a very effective one? Yeah. I, I remember that though during the presentations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anything else you want to say about the diner? Uh. I want to talk. Well, I mean, the cops kind of question Kevin, mm-hmm. and then once they learn he's a, like a cop, that like, little oh, guy yeah. or whatever. Like, oh, why don't you? Why didn't you say so? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Nothing else really. Okay. Little interrogation. Good to go. Yeah. Well, they make it back back to Mapleton, and I love how they show you this this beautiful scenic drive, <laughs> and and Kevin is thinking a lot more positively about his life. And then they pull into Mableton, and it's like a hellscape. Yeah, there's like car. First, I saw like the cars on the road. I'm like, what's going on there? And then you just see this lady chasing down to guilty remember? And bang, that's bang. by the way the the mother of baby Sam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and she's firing gun a gun at, at members of the guilty remnant. There's fires all over the place. There are cars all over the place. Looks like there's probably been some, you know property damage and looting and Kevin <laughs> finds, maybe some loitering too hmm. i bet there was lo- sinister loitering trespassing these yeah. hooligans <laughs> hooligans exactly but kevin finds meg tied up to a lamppost and and it says what did you do and Meg writes down on her pad, we made them remember. And boy, is that the truth. I mean, <laughs> nothing's going to make you remember like a, bereave- a, a loved one's bereavement figure wearing your loved one's clothes in the exact place where that loved one departed from. Okay. Oh, disgusting. Oh. Despicable. But, but so good. <laughs> so Kevin immediately makes his way to the cul-de-sac where Mayor Lucy, all she can say to Kevin is, you were right. Yeah. I mean, Kevin's been warning her about this from episode one. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a... You know, I, th- I-, I wish he would have stopped a bit more and soaked it in. <laughs> right. That was like it. I do like how Kevin, like, he, you know, he goes in, you know, he gets given, like, a cop vest, you know, he's getting in there, taking charge quick. Right? Yeah. He's on top of it. So... Yeah. Uh, props to him. Yes. But uh, the, it turns out all of the guilty remnants houses on the cul-de-sac are on fire. And Kevin is trying to coordinate stuff with Dennis. And Dennis is like, nobody wants to help these people. You know, the, the fire department doesn't want to come in until the cars are clear. And nobody will move their car because nobody wants to help them. And we see people throwing their bereavement figures onto this huge bonfire, including the older couple with the son with Down syndrome, 
uh, and they they just start screaming at the guilty remnant, "How dare you! You have no right!" And finally, Lori gets dragged out of one of the houses, and the only thing that we hear Lori say in the oh. entire series, except in flashback, is just scream, Jill, and point at the house. Oh, so good! I. I was hoping Lori would say something this episode, like it's the finale, right? I was yep. hoping she'd say something. And yep. What a great thing to say, right? Uh, what What do you do if you're in the writer's position of what do you... She doesn't talk at all, and if you're going to make her talk, she's better say something good, right? It's got to be worth it. Yep. Not like past the salt or something. Oh, it's got to no. be... <laughs> <laughs> she's at the dinner table. She's like, can you pass the salt, please? <laughs> That's it. Oh. Yep. Yeah, uh, what a guilty remnant thing to do, though. In a way, if 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 she spoke, but only to annoy everyone else. She spoke. Why did you just say that? <laughs> it wasn't even important. It yeah. wasn't even important. <laughs> she, could she could have reached the self even. Why did she say yeah. that? <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, what a yeah. Uh, it, it shows how much Lori cares about Jill. Which well, she obviously still cares for Jill because she yeah. didn't. Listen, when when Kevin goes through there, I made note of this. He goes by a lot of bodies, right? He's oh, uh, caring. He's looking only for his daughter, understandably. Okay. But just saying, Lori didn't yell no, out. He left a lot of people in there. Yeah, he's not like, hey, yeah, he didn't go back for them either. He didn't go, hey, there's Jill and Bobby. I think Jacob's still in there. Nope, Lori just is Jill. <laughs> so, which is a pretty sharp contrast to what we've seen from Jack on Lost where he went out to save the woman in the middle of the ocean and found Boone on the way, brought Boone back and then ended up not able to save the other woman. Yeah. So, uh, which is, you know, th- this is not what Jack would have done. Oh no. Jack, Jack would have tried more people. He would have tried to get as many people as possible until he himself died. I don't know if he would, uh, Jack's a pretty strong guy. Yeah, plot armor too. I'm sure. I mean, the pl- uh, plot armor is very effective. It's I a have. very strong armor. Yeah. Forgot about that. Is the most. Like, armor. He, like here's how strong plot armor is. When Kevin went in there to get Jill, I was very confident Kevin is not going to die. Anytime <laughs> a main character runs into a burning building, I've never gone. <gasps> and I was confident Jill wouldn't die either. I'm very confident yeah. that burning buildings do not take out main characters. I've uh, never I, seen it in a series. I was not so confident that Jill wouldn't die. I definitely was confident Kevin would not die. Yeah. But. But Jill, I, th- I don't think Jill had enough plot armor to withstand that if Kevin didn't go in and get That's her. fair enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe Jill, but definitely Kevin. When Kevin, when, you know, most people run into a burning building, I go, oh, wait, you shouldn't do that. That's really dangerous. Kevin does it. I'm like, well, you're the main character. Good call. You <laughs> can't die. You should be the one. You are, go. yeah. In fact, it, because he's plot armor, he should have caught, kept going back, you know, in and forth. Yeah. But no one yeah. gave him the memo. No one told him, hey, you have plot uh, armor. He didn't. He didn't know about the plot armor. It's invisible sometimes. I wish someone told me I had plot armor. Oh, how That's great the, would that be? My plot armor. Oh. That means they couldn't only hurt me emotionally, not physically. This is your story. You didn't know that, but there's a story about you being told right now. So you have all the plot armor you need. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, that's good stuff. Anyway, yeah, Kevin. But, but Jill is alive. She does survive this. Saves yeah. Jill. So I wonder if Jill is gonna like Kevin more after he saves her life. Well, that's a great that's a great point, and we do see them holding hands later in the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was wondering, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if Jill's gonna be like as temperamental towards Kevin, or she's gonna be really grateful that he saved him. It might, you know, it might wear off. Obviously, it's not like this whole life. What's the one movie? It's older. I thought I didn't even finish it. I think 
it's it's one where it's it's older than I am. It's an old movie, and okay. it's about there. There's two people, uh, soldiers at war, and but one is he's some sort of performer, and so then they both he but he goes to war. Might have even been like World War Two. I don't know, but he goes to war and he gets saved by someone. Okay, they save him from like a falling structure, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'll give you any thank you for saving me, right? I owe you the world." And because of that, this guy that saved him kind of milks it for all it's worth. Cause this guy is like a famous like actor or whatever Broadway. He does some I forgot what he does, oh. but he's some sort of like famous role. So he becomes his partner in that, and the guy takes him to all his shows, and basically the guy milks him for all he's worth in terms of just. Hey, but I saved you, right? And he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you saved me." <laughs> huh. So I don't remember. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the name of the movie now, off the top of my head. Do you it was good. I just had. I remember to stop watching it halfway through because I had to do something. I can't remember what it is now. I will. I will see if I can figure out what movie it is. Okay. No, I'm. I have no clue what the title could be. Maybe if I just look up the plot, I'll find it. But you know of, of any of the actors? No. no. <laughs> it is definitely. An old, I would be surprised if it was like. Before the '80s, it was made. Oh, so it's even. Oh, okay. It's a very old movie. Okay, oh. interesting. Anyway, um, anything else you want to say about the fires? Uh, before no. we get to Mary's house. I, I okay. I was also wondering when when Kevin left with Jill. I wonder if it was kind of like a Kevin's picking between uh, Jill and Lori in the sense that if he leaves Lori there, Lori's gonna get like beat up or something. Because people were really mad at the guilty remnant or like shot or whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but so we'll talk about that in just a minute. Right. So we're we're back at Nora's house, and Nora's still. I mean, this is probably twenty four hours later, sitting at the table, holding the hands of her kids. Wait, it's, wait, wait, wait! It's not twenty four hours later. Well, oh, I think it is. Is it no? Because well, it's it, the next morning. Oh, really? That's how long that the fighting. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, you could, the, the they they place the figures first thing in the morning or even overnight. When, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Okay. And and we've had a nighttime with the riots and the burning of the houses, and now wow. it's now it's morning again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know you're right. So wow. this is like a full 24 hours that Nora has been sitting at this table, staring at these these figures, holding her kids' hands, uh, and she starts writing this note. Um, now, I don't I don't know how I want to go about doing this uh, because yeah, they I, show I, stuff as the notes being read. Yeah, yeah, and the note, everything that she says in the note is so important for everything that's happened so far and for everything that happens in the future. So I want to I want to read the note, but I don't know if I want to read the note first and then go over everything that happened in the note or go over everything that happened first. I mean, that's, that's your protocol, Mr. Sal. Uh, I'm going to go through the stuff first and then oh, yeah. we'll go back and do the note toward the, uh, toward the end here. Questionable decision. Yeah, well, either way, it was going to be questionable. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Just, just, just had to state that questionable decision. I, I figured. <laughs> so, while we get the voiceover of Nora reading the note that she's writing to Kevin, Kevin is treating Jill, and there's this look between Kevin and Lori that, to me, looks like contempt on Kevin's part. Hmm. I don't know what it looked like to you. What did you What did you think about that? I yeah I it. Kevin did not look at Lori nicely. 
No. I mean, if I was trying, if I was going to read their looks for Kevin, I would have thought contempt. And for Lori, I would have thought remorse. Like it looked like Lori felt a lot of remorse over having Jill in the house with her and Jill and eventually Lori just leaves. So Jill doesn't really have to make a choice between Lori and Kevin. Uh, Kevin doesn't really have to make a choice between Lori and Jill. Uh, Lori is just going to leave. So, which is probably the merciful thing for her to do. Um, I don't know how much reconciling she's going to be able to do after this, but we see Nora, uh, Throwing the sheets over, she she places her kids in in the bed, covers them with the blankets and the sheets. She packs up the bag and leaves her house. Um, Lori is kind of wandering, and she stops and looks up at the statue from episode one. Do you remember that statue from episode one? No. Okay, that, that was part of the big ceremony in episode one. There was this big unveiling of this statue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The statue is of a mother losing her child. Yes, yes, I remember this. And this is, you know, Lori has basically just lost her child. Yes, I remember. Okay. So I think that's why they're showing us Lori looking at this. So the project, pro, I can't say <laughs> that word, but the sun leaves? Question mark? Oh, wait. Uh, yeah because Lori ends up <laughs> at the shore um, and she's staring out at the water and Tommy pulls up and finds her yeah. so I guess Tommy probably just driving by and saw Lori by happenstance well, so my question is did Tommy I have a lot of questions actually about this did Tommy Tommy had to have been in town it's not like he just drove in because the baby is on Kevin's doorstep well maybe no. unless, unless he unless he He's Lori goes back in his car and he still has the baby in his car and then goes to right. uh, Kevin's house to drop off the baby. But I feel like I feel like that's not the order. I don't know why I feel like that's the no, order. Well, it doesn't. If what's happening, <clears throat> if what we're seeing is happening in real uh, time, like in, all of them are right uh, simultaneously in real time, then you're right. He already dropped off the baby, and I think that's the implication that the baby's already been dropped off on the porch. And so maybe he's on his way out of town when he sees Lori. And and interestingly, the next shot that we see is two people holding hands, a man's hand, a man in jeans holding hands with a woman in all white. And I actually thought it was Tommy holding his mother's hand, Oh, but it's not, it's Kevin holding Jill's hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So Anyway, uh, so that we see that as they walk down, as Kevin and Jill walk down the street, the dog returns, which is interesting because it's like, oh, I guess it's he. Cobb now. I, I think I know why it returned though. Why? So you know how sea turtles get like the six pack plastic thing around their necks and whatnot. Okay. This dog has this rope stuck around his neck. Uh. And he's probably maybe he surmised that only humans can take it off, so he's kind of like hoping. <laughs> He's like, and hey, I'm a human. Yeah, like that's that's how you first tame <laughs> animals is you just kind of feed them and they kind of learn, hey, this 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 thing feeds me, all right, and they kind of get nicer to you. That's how taming an animal works. You feed it, <laughs> you just kind of be around it, and then it gets used to you. The dog's like, maybe the dog's just learned, hey, <laughs> oh, these people, I don't know how they do it, but they've done it to me. Maybe they can undo it. 
<laughs> no, I I don't know why the dogs come again. To be honest, I have no clue. Well, maybe, I think oh that... oh wait, now I just thought of something. Wait, maybe yeah. maybe that dog lost some. Oh, obviously, the dog snapped during. I say obviously, the dog snapped during the departure. Okay. So maybe now that the guilty remnant put all those people back, the dog maybe saw whoever it saw disappear. So it was like, ah, oh, okay, this makes sense again now. The world makes sense. That thing is back. That was there before, and now it's now it's unsnapped from its broken reality. There you go. Okay, I can so, accept that. I now I I just figured that the dog being healed was meant to represent Kevin's healing. Hmm. Well, what caused the dog to be healed? Kevin being healed. Oh, okay. See, so no, no, can't be a reason. Okay. I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting the dog just comes back to come back. But I like I like I like that departure idea though. I'm okay with it. The dog saw whatever I saw disappear was back where it was, and the dog is finally like, okay, I accept reality once more. Okay, and it came back. All right. Well, hey, whatever whatever brings you comfort brings me a lot of comfort. Thank you. Fantastic. So at this point, I want to read the note that Ke- that uh, Nora wrote to Kevin because that everything that we've covered is. Is takes place during the reading of this note. Did you want to say anything about any of those individual scenes that we get while the note is being read? Uh, no. no. Okay. All right. So she says, "Dear Kevin, I need to say goodbye to somebody to someone I care about, someone who is still here." So I'm saying it to you, because really, who else does she have to say goodbye to? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. have her family, and yeah. I guess There's Matt. She said goodbye to Matt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, saying about a, I mean, that's like forsaking your brother. That's a tough one, <laughs> like for for no real reason either. So I, I think that this this did make sense because she needs, well, for reasons that are laid out later in the letter. But I think this makes sense. She never got to say goodbye to her family, and so she needs to say goodbye to someone. Mm-hmm. So you you were good to me, Kevin, and sometimes when we were together, I remembered who I used to be before everything changed, but I was pretending pretending as if I hadn't lost everything. So this is an indicator that what we saw from Nora in the past three episodes wasn't really who she was. Yeah, this this is where I realized the Holy Wayne magic has rubbed off. Yep, yep. I want to believe that it can all go back to the way it was. I want to believe that I'm not surrounded by the abandoned ruin of a dead civilization. I want to believe that it is still possible to get close to someone, but it's easier not to. It's easier because I'm a coward and I couldn't take the pain. Not again. I know that's not fair, Kevin. You've lost so much too, and you're strong. You're still here, but I can't be, not anymore. I tried to get better, Kevin. I didn't want to feel this way, which is exactly what the person who recruited her to Wayne asked, do you want to feel this way? Right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Right. I didn't want to feel this way. Uh, so I took a shortcut. And then, so this is where she invoked. Yeah. Um, but it led me right back home. And so th- this is her acknowledging that that Wayne hug was a shortcut. It was suggestive. You know, it, the power of suggestion that you can get better. And so she got better. She thought she got better, but it, it wasn't real. 
It was she was pretending. It led me right back home. And do you and do you know what I found when I got there? I found them, Kevin, right where I left them, right where they left me, which is what what the guilty remnant did to her. It took me three years to accept the truth, but now I know there's no going back, no fixing it. I'm beyond repair. Maybe we are all beyond repair. I can't go on the way I'm living, but I don't have the power to die, which is, we talked about this a lot. Yeah, with with her bottle episode. Yeah, and Wayne actually said pretty much exactly that to her. Um, But I have to move forward towards something, anything. I'm not sure where I'm going, just away, away from all this. And I think this is why she needed to say goodbye to Kevin because she's leaving. Like she, she does not want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she doesn't want to ask Kevin to come with her, but she needs to say goodbye to someone. So she's choosing Kevin because that's, that makes sense since she's leaving. I think about a place where nobody will know what happened to me. Oh, so this is interesting because nah, she's just, she's lying there. Oh, okay. I mean, we've argued over and over and over again. Does Nora just want the attention, or is she genuinely... Can, can you reread that phrase, the sentence there? I think about a place where nobody will know what happened to me. I but... think... Yeah, I think she meant where everybody will know what happened to oh, me. Oh, okay. Well, I she... th- there's more, though, that oh, okay. play into this. But then I worry I'll forget them. So, okay. I think, she, you know, she always wants to be reminded of them she, she she doesn't want to forget them so, she, so maybe we were both wrong mr sal yeah maybe it's something in the middle i think you well i think that's probably true oh you always think you, you think i'm right <laughs> you don't want to say that no i i, I think you're i think you are right i think it's probably okay. in the middle that the middle. she she wants the attention because it helps her remember them yes so, but she doesn't want the attention because she doesn't want to feel this way anymore. So I think this is an internal conflict, just like Kevin's having an internal conflict about whether or not he's a good man. So anyway, uh, but then I worry I'll forget them. I don't ever want to forget them. I can't. They were my family. I think I loved you, Kevin. Maybe you loved me too. I wish I could say this to you instead of writing it. I wish I could see you one last time to thank you and wish you well and tell you how much you mean to me. I... How hard would it be to get this letter? Oh my <laughs> this God. A rough letter. I mean, thank God Kevin didn't get this letter because this, I think, would crush him. To, to, I mean, this would crush me to hear these words. I, I think I loved you. I wish I could see you one last time to thank you and, and wish, wish you well and tell you how much you mean to me. Like, not meant to me, but mean to me. <laughs> like, like that. Oh, that's, that would just hurt so much. But I can't. Like I said, I'm a coward. So wish me luck. I think I'm going to need it. Love, Nora. Oh, man. That is intense. That, that, you know, that is a very jam-packed letter. Oh, it really is. You want to hand-deliver it. Which you're not, I don't think you're actually supposed to do. Only the post office is supposed to use your mailbox. Well, who said she was going to put it in the mailbox? Fair enough. <laughs> under the door. She maybe she was gonna put it in the baby carrier. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, so but she's about to leave that note, and then she finds the baby on Kevin's porch, and this changes everything for her. 
Yeah. That's, that's what I was wondering next is what is Nora? Oh, go f- finish this, finish this. Then well, I, this changes everything, her, her entire mindset, because now she looks at this and she thinks, oh my God, I, I can start over. I can start over with Kevin and this baby. And the last line that anybody says in the episode is Nora holding this baby. And she says, look what I found. Kevin is home. He's with his new family. The prodigal son has returned. Wayne. I know. (laughs) I know. You're right. It works much better in the context of Matt. Anyway. um, But he's home. He's with his new family. Wayne has granted his wish. I, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I really thought this title would apply to Tommy. Right, return. Tommy to, I really th- title. I really thought he was going to return to Kevin. Mm-hmm. If he returns to Kevin, that's I think that's a definite prodigal. He's son not Kevin's there. son. Oh yeah, you're, oh, yeah, but but okay. For for Kevin's perspective, yes. Yeah, he's he's my son. I right? mean, Tommy did return to a parent. It just wasn't Kevin. Yeah, that's true. He did return. Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he did return to his mom. Yeah. I'm also wondering if his wish was really fulfilled. And to what degree, if it does get fulfilled, does it count like, does Kevin just get a new family? Because I, I, I was questioning if Nora was going to stick around after seeing the baby. She seemed very delighted to find the baby. Mm-hmm. So, I, cause I didn't know, is Nora going to leave? If Nora leaves, is Lori going to somehow make her way back to Kevin or is it instead him and Nora are going to be together mm-hmm. and this baby might be part of it. And also let's talk on Tommy real quick for ditching the baby. Right. Yeah. So you thought Christine was terrible for leaving it on a bathroom floor. Disgusting was your word. Yes. Tommy leaves the baby on someone's front door. Whose front door? His father's, but I'm going to argue His to you. Father. Why, I'm going to argue to you why Christine and might be overall safer for the baby. Okay. More people go to the bathroom than uh, ah. walk on Kevin's porch probably per day. Okay. So that baby would have been found faster in the bathroom versus Kevin's porch. Tommy didn't know when Kevin was going to come home. Heck, Kevin, Kevin was gone. No one, no one was at the house for more than 24 hours. No one's, maybe even 48. It's been a long time since anyone's been in that house. Okay? Yeah. So let me just say, just saying. You you talked down on Christine for abandoning a baby. Well, Tommy Tom- does the same thing. Look at him. So Tom- How a responsible adult. Tommy recognizes that he cannot raise this baby on his own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm fine with him giving the baby up, but I just want to. I just want to point out that he could have handed it to Kevin. He could have done it in other ways. I understand he doesn't want to see Kevin probably right, all this other stuff. But who did he, who did he give it to? He gave it to Kevin, right? Yeah. And what does he know about Kevin? He, he raised knows... a child that's not his own. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you know. I, I think that's why Tommy does what he does here. I'm not questioning why Tommy does what he does. I'm just saying Christine might have been more responsible than Tommy in this case. I vehemently disagree. So... All right. He gave he left it in better hands, but I didn't know when those hands would come. Christine was like, I don't know who's going to take my baby, but I'll make sure he's found. I put him in the bathroom. I mean, I don't, know. I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> again, I disagree. So, so 
Is this a satisfying series finale for you? If this were the series finale, would it be satisfying? No. Really? No, I would not like this as a series finale. Oh, interesting. There's a lot of questions in the air. Well, th- well first, 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 if it's a series finale, I'd be like, what the heck do they do with this Tommy guy? All he does at the end is bring a baby to some kid's doorstep. I was like, this guy this whole time. But that just... baby closes the closes the loop on the story so much because, I, I mean... It's not, you... no, it's not worth it. No, It's not worth that episode four nonsense. No, 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 no. I don't care what you say. If that's season or series finale. And no, I don't, I don't think I would have liked it. Okay, hold on. But let, let, me, let me see if I can... Okay, <clears throat> so... If we think about the leftovers in a much smaller way than we've been thinking about it, especially the Tommy Christine Wayne story. Okay. If we think about the leftovers as being a story about Kevin losing his family and then finding his family, even if it's a new family, Mm -hmm. then when Wayne says to, to Kevin's son, this baby is everything. Or I'm sorry, this this girl is everything, yes? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Don't you think it's possible that she that Christine was everything? Because Christine needed to give birth to that baby so that that baby could stop Nora from leaving, so that Kevin and Nora and the baby and Jill could have a chance at having a family again. Mm. Remember, he said it to Tommy. Who's Kevin's son? I don't think Holy Wayne is that selfless. I know. And, then, I, and then my next question is, what about Tommy 2.0? Right. Okay. What's the purpose behind that baby? Yep. It's, right. So I don't think Wayne did this for Kevin at that time. I think he thought that the baby was important for a different reason. But I think that's part of the smile that he gets at the end of this. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a... realizing that that baby was important because because of that baby, he can give Kevin a family. Yeah, I, I think that might be why he smiled too. But that isn't. I understand that, and that is weighed into my option of if this was a series finale. I don't yep. think I'd be that pleased. Okay, interesting. I think I think it definitely works as a fan. When I saw it, I didn't know if we were going to get any more, and I thought this is this is okay. If it ends here, I'm okay with it. it it's okay, but it would have gotten a lower score. I probably I, like it's still above average. I would I would have maybe given it like a eight or seven out of no, probably seven out of ten maybe then no eight out of ten. I I, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it with that minus <laughs> that scope in. But it would have definitely been lower. It would have been lower. Okay. But, but granted, granted, they hedged their bets, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they had, like, the Patty scene where she's, you know, she's talking about, hey, I'm your companion now, right? You don't, yeah. you don't put that in the season finale. And they probably do more payoffs then. So, I mean, it's no credit against them. I understand they were in a bad situation. Yeah. yeah. If it was a series finale, I would have been more displeased. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would have been disappointed there was no more leftovers for sure. Uh, but I I would have not begrudged them the ending. But um, you asked some questions about you know was Nora going to stay? You said you know is 
Uh, is Lori going to come back? And those are all questions that assume that there's more leftovers to come. Oh, yeah. So if we view this as a series finale, then those questions, we, we might have them, but we have to kind of look past them. But because this is only a season finale and we know that we get two more seasons of the leftovers, uh, I can tell you that you're going to get a lot of answers to, to all those questions. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping you don't just see either of them. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah. I'm expecting by like next episode, hopefully. So for the season one premiere, or not season one, season two, episode one premiere. Well, season two, yeah. episode one premiere. Is it, does it, it's not a flashback episode in any way, right? I actually would prefer not to tell you anything about it. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. No, that's fine. I'm okay, okay with that. We are, yeah. we are, we are okay with that. Fine. I will accept that. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes. Uh, yeah. I don't want to tell you anything about it. it yeah. It's not in Mapleton. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. In okay. Cairo. Oh, that'd be interesting. But uh, I, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. Um, I had a couple other questions I wanted to ask you before we move on here. How do you think Patty's death is going to impact Kevin, though? Oh, wait. I, before I, I did put a note of this. I forgot to mention on it. Okay. This this whole uh, riot thing is going to help Kevin cover up Patty's murder. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna ask any question on why Patty's missing. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I, I want to put a note on that. Um, <laughs> if they if if Kevin never has to deal with any repercussions or no one ever mentions Patty's murder, really, like to to hide the good, just like oh Patty got murdered, but we don't know why. Yeah, I mean, listen, who's gonna go looking in Cairo for Patty when all this shenanigans? Surely some of the GR died. So like, well, absolutely. Who's to say no one did something to the leader of the local chapter? Absolutely. That's a great point. I know, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, and we've kind of already talked about this, but how do you think Patty's death is going to impact Kevin? Oh, uh, I think, I think it'll, I think he'll, I mean, he definitely feels guilty about Patty's death. Oh, yeah. How is it going to impact him? Well, I, 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 th- think about think the about message he sent her. Think about, you know, uh, what what patty said to him in his dream you know what what where do you see his headspace in season two so let's see here i'm trying to think if he's gonna get a family back or not so assuming he has some sort of family i'm thinking in season two because of what patty told him of like Never forgetting, I think he's gonna kind of go down the guilty remnant route of. He's always been really. I mean, he's always been against guilty remnant, obviously, but I think he's gonna be more of a not supporter. What's this called? Sympathetic, anyway. Yeah, they go. Yeah, sympathetic towards it, and he might even despite like do some of their beliefs. Maybe, for example, he'll. Before he has dinner, he'll say, oh, let's, let's all remember those that disappear. I think I think he'll try more of an effort that we, the audience, will visibly see that he's trying to remember those that departed. Uh, and I think he's, obviously, he's going to see, I mean, he's going to see him, Ghost Patty, haunting him. And what Ghost Patty will probably tell him 
I don't know what Ghost Patty's going to tell him. Well, we'll have Probably to talk whether we think that it's actually Ghost Patty or we think this is all in his head. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, I, I'm using those interchangeably. Just. Yep. Or Kevin Patty's talking to him. Right. Whether yep. it's in his head Regardless or it's Ghost whether Patty. Whether it's real or not, it's real to him. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Do you think that Nora's going to be able to move on? In other words, what do you, which emotion do you think was correct for her? The note, writing that note and about being about to leave it or the excitement over starting a new family with this baby? And Kevin? I think, I think uh, almost like a bipolar type of thing. And since the, she'll always be reminded of it and she'll feel that way, but then stuff or something will always come up and make her forget, I guess, in a way, or take her mind off of it. Gotcha. That's what I think. Now, th- this is, believe it or not, one of the more interesting questions that I <laughs> uh, came up with at the end here. Do you think that, uh, or how do you think Tommy's going to receive Lori? Because we didn't get to see any of that. We just saw them seeing each other. Wow. We did- so I have big questions on what happens to this Guilty Remnant chapter in okay. April 10, first of all. I have no clue. They... They, their houses got burned down. I forgot. <laughs> I don't know what's. Are they gonna live in that church? Is that church okay? I don't know. Yeah. So I, I, I don't even know where Lori's gonna end up. Humor, yeah. you know. I don't know. She, she's probably gonna stick with the guilty remnant, but I don't know. Maybe her and Tom will go live together. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if they're gonna stay together. Which the way you ask that question makes me guess that they stay together. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not asking about you know, a month from now. I'm asking like, you know. Oh, in that moment? In that moment, and which should inform what happens in the next, you know, day or week or month or whatever. But in that moment, like, how does Tommy receive Lori? How does Lori receive Tommy? You know, Tommy left. Lori joined the Guilty Remnant. And, and now here they are. I mean, it, are they going to be mad at each other? Or is one going to be mad at the other? Or are, are they going to be just happy that they found each other? I, I don't think, I don't, I think, I don't think they're angry at each other. Okay. I, it didn't seem that way to me. Okay. I don't think there will be. Gotcha. So, all right. Well, that's all I have about the episode. Are you still hanging on to the nine? Yeah, I'll hang on to the nine. Okay. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it, it gets uh, a nine. I thought about giving it an eight, but it's pretty good. It's a nine. Okay. So, so nothing in season one was a 10 for you, but that's okay. I mean, it's it's. Ten, ten, listen, tens are few. I can. I, oh, I. I'll be shocked if something gets a ten. I'll be very happy. I get it. I mean, if anything gets a ten, it'll be something in season two. Season two of the leftovers is widely considered to be one of the best seasons of television ever made. So really, oh yeah, it's it's incredible. Se- season two is almost pitch perfect. It's amazing. So I know I tell. Maybe just because of recency. I feel like I'm really big into recency bias, by the way. It's a real thing. It's so... Oh, definitely. Oh, de- when I see a movie, I'm like, that might be my most favorite movie of all time. Wow, did yeah. you see that movie? That's so good. Yeah. And like two weeks later, I forgot the title of the movie. I can't remember. <laughs> but Ozark season three, I thought that was like a very perfect season of television. <laughs> just in terms of every episode delivering. Uh, you know uh, how I like Ozark. Do you think that this season in television is even better than ozark season three yes yeah. i don't you... think season three is the best season of ozark really yeah oh well, we... I, I think it's glad... season two i love season two but I, oh. I, 
I'm very much in the minority on that. Most people see yeah. season two as the weakest season of Ozark. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I have an probably unnatural affinity for the Ruth character in Ozark. Um, <laughs> and season two, as far as I could tell, was Ruth's season. So that's why I love season two so much. Season three is Wendy's season, and it is amazing. Um, but it's not your favorite season. Oh, we can stop uh, with the Ozark chat, but okay but yeah no I, I'm, exci- I'm excited for season two now. leftovers i i can't i can't even express how good this season and you is. know what the listeners should be excited about the season that two finale yeah. second number people you got the first not gonna repeat it you gotta you know what you're gonna get two in rapid succession too because lost one pretty soon after that yeah, yeah. Then we'll the third yeah I mean, how many episodes are there? It's a lost season one. Twenty-six, twenty-five, twenty-three. It's only yeah. something. Low twenty. Anyway, it's 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 it won't be very long. And then the the leftover season three is only eight yeah. episodes. So you're going to get three in rapid succession. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, those three are gonna come. Number one took a while. Number two is gonna take some time, but then it's called two, three, four, before you know it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. twenty-five episodes in lost season one. Okay. So you're going to get uh, the season finale of The Leftovers will coincide with season with episode 21 of Lost, I think. Yeah. And then four weeks later, we'll, we'll get episode, uh, we'll get the Lost finale, and then four or five weeks after that, we'll get The Leftovers season three finale. Exciting times to be a show hoppers listener. Boy, is it. But uh, the golden age is coming here in terms of golden finales. Age. I, the, the time that the leftovers was out uh, being actually released live is widely considered to be the golden age of television oh, uh, okay. yeah and, and i mean for, for me the leftovers is a perfect embodiment of that so hmm. anyway leftovers season one in the books we'll look forward to next week when we rank all 10 episodes of the leftovers from 10 up to one I am going to go out on a limb here and say that we might have the same favorite episode. I mean, I, I know we do. And I, <laughs> I, I, I go out on a limb here and say that we have the same least favorite episode. Whoa. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we probably do, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. Anyway, uh, this, is, this has been great. I've loved watching Leftovers uh, Season 1 again. I can't wait to watch Season 2. It is pitch perfect. In the meantime... If you have any questions or comments for us, please feel free to email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Please continue to subscribe, download, and tell tell other people. See, I didn't say friends this there time. There you go. Now we're learning. Tell other people about the show. About the but show. you made a mistake there again, Mr. Sal. doesn't have to be people. Anything. An animal. Aliens, if you know any. A right? robot they can... automatically downloads Exactly. <laughs> if they can download it. <laughs> they're a good viewer for us so it doesn't have to be a person maybe That's next right. time they'll get it right there it doesn't have to be a person just anything that will download it and as usual your your glowing ratings and recommendations are appreciated thank you thank you for listening folks anything else kurt no no i'm all good have a great week we'll talk to you next week for the great ranking episode the great rankings <laughs>